0: so I'd like to welcome you to my very first true crime medium podcast and my name is Kamala Hurley if you haven't met me yet I just want to say welcome this will be different than any other psychic medium that investigates any type of homicide missing person case cold case Uh, because I feel that for myself what what is the most important thing is that we raise awareness on cases that need collective attention. So if you think by listening to this podcast or right now, I have like 100 people who are live with me on TikTok, that I am going to be the single person that breaks a case. I just want you to know it ain't happening. That's not my job my job actually intuitively is for me to ask questions. That's it. That's all I do is I ask questions. And you know, what's interesting is I was working with a federal agent. And when I express, that's what I do is I just ask questions as somebody who doesn't have all of the information, what what his response to me was, is that's actually what detectives do as well. That's what we do is we ask questions. So I just wanna be mindful and upfront about the rules of what I do, which is I'm not here to solve the case. I'm here to create a place in which we can collectively talk about injustice and about how we can deal with the pain of the injustice that we witness here in our own personal lives, okay? In our communities and also nationwide or globally okay because there it's you know there's just so much going on in the world and i i know that it's heavy for many of us but this is going to be a place where i want you to think about questions that are important to you okay so i just want you to know that with every podcast and every video i put out there I ask questions, but I want you to ask questions too. So pay attention to your own intuition and be mindful that reason and logic and having tangible evidence is paramount. We have systems in place. We have law enforcement agencies that are doing work according to law. And I want you to understand from the very bottom and the top of my heart, I believe in that system. Okay, yes, there are instances where we need reform or there's uh, criminals that are operating within the judicial system, but I will let you know that the light will always prevail. And uh, that is an important basis of maybe we would say the the second piece is I never want you to feel overwhelmed and I never want you to feel hopeless. I want you to understand that when we investigate anything that's crime related, the hope is 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 justice and if you don't have hope for justice you're not going to get very far on any investigation or things won't go far just in general so um this whole the only reason i'm recording this podcast is i was literally so personally triggered by what happened to the woman that went missing in alabama if you haven't heard about this i'll let you know on july 13th at 9:30 p.m a woman named carly uh russell uh in alabama hoover alabama sees a child between the ages of three and four standing on the side of a highway of which she actually pulls over calls the police department and um and 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 says that she's she's there to try to help the child until the police arrive so then she hangs up with the police and calls a family member Okay, calls a family member and I want you to understand when she calls a family member, I guess she's put on like um, she's she's driving a nice luxury car from what I understand and that uh, that she put she calls her, her her family member from there when she contacts she says that she hear the family member says that I heard Carly speaking to a child who's non responsive. Okay, so she didn't never heard the child supposedly the child didn't say anything, and then the only thing that we know from July thirteenth okay, just be mindful as I'm recording it, it's July sixteenth the so circumstances have changed, so we're just putting together the timeline that we know, okay, is that is that she suddenly vanished, okay, Police showed up three minutes later, and she was gone. There was no child everything of value was left behind okay so her she had airpods her like all of her belongings her vehicle so what i understand and somebody would have to fact check on it i think she was driving like a mercedes from what i've seen on some of the reports out there so her vehicle wasn't taken her smartphone her apple iWatch, watch her airpods everything was left in the car even her like wig was taken and remember we all we have is the family member that heard her screaming so i mean wow that story is like the basis of urban legend okay so let's just say so let me just say you know some i think back in like the 80s or 90s there was this um urban myth where an infant was placed on the side of the road and it, people who stopped to help the infant were literally um like uh, there was criminal action taken towards them. There's many different spinoffs in the urban legend of what happened, but like, um, but I just want to say, often the, the the antidote of the urban legend is like, don't stop if you see an infant on the side of the road. It's a trap. So that has nothing to do with uh the urban legend has nothing to do with what happened um with the uh dis- the disappearance of, of of carly russell but i'm just saying for myself that kind of story was evoked with this and now mind you we live in a world where the sound of freedom just came out and people are collectively starting to understand that human trafficking is a very real thing Okay, even if it's not talked about often in mainstream media and we can see everything that happened with Jeffrey Epstein and that like the the week that the um, the Titan submarine uh, sank and imploded and that was drawn out for several days was when a lot of Jeffrey Epstein emails were released and then mysteriously deleted. So, I mean, there's so many like I'm just saying so human trafficking is a very real thing. So the thing is my my intuition, okay, and in the video that I posted on on um TikTok is that I actually felt that the child was a lure and that there were wa- were two men involved with an abduction, okay? And that I saw light skin, which was later on I did this live like on on a TikTok live on Friday night because everybody's like just asking me like what do I think about it? And um what happened was I I like literally, (laughs) I was like, I see somebody with light skin and it's interesting because a driver later on confirmed that she saw a gray truck with a light skinned man standing beside her vehicle. So, so that was like, you know, okay. So my intuition, you know, seemed to make a connection with what somebody with evidence of somebody, a witness and what they saw. Um, but then after that like nobody knows what happened to carly and then so i woke up this morning okay i woke up this morning to people sending me dms letting me know she was found which is awesome we are so happy for carly and for her family and i will tell you people on other platforms like reddit have not been kind to describing what some of the other perspectives are out there which is not my place to judge because like i said i don't have all of the information but there are many people out there many different people are discussing that this possibly could be um, related to stress right she could have been very stressed out but what i'm gonna do is i'm not here to judge carly because i'm just happy she's safe whether she's dealing with health issues or she's dealing with um i don't know whether this was an actual abduction but i will tell you you know I think what's important and what I learned from the circumstances, right, is that I I really do have to be extremely, uh, extremely mindful of how I express my opinion. Uh, And I want to use reason as well as my intuition. And like I said, I'm not here to solve the case. Okay, so you guys got me. So she was actually, supposedly, one report I have or what I've seen about what happened to Carly is that a vehicle pulled up and then she was at the house. Okay, so don't really understand that information. And then the police said that they're giving time for Carly. Carly was immediately rushed to a hospital and like, um, which makes sense to make sure her health is good. And then, um, yeah and then what i understand oh see, see, people are even sending me her boyfriend posted an update on facebook i'm getting stuff like literally in real life like in real time as i record this but whatever ended up happening with carly made me want to actually get this podcast going so this is what it is how do you are you aware that there are nine different types of kidnapping so, there is basic kidnapping, which is like 80%. It's the highest rate of how people are often kidnapped, which is sort of like there is a trap that's involved or an abduction. And then people are taken. Now, this is so classic, right in the middle of this podcast. My dog has been inside all day. She wants out. Maui, go lay down, Beastie. So, we'll see how long that lasts. So, then the second. Then the second uh, type of abduction I want to share with you is child abduction. Now, often in the category of child abduction, it is typically a parent that takes the um, that takes the child. And so I just want you to understand that child abduction is usually done by a family member. Okay, so we're not really getting into some of the other ways that kidnapping. So this is and this is just very general understandings. Now, this is what's interesting at first when I saw this. Okay, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for some kind feedback coming in saying glad you're doing this. People need to be aware. Absolutely. So the th- the third, the third yeah, so we could say the child abduction is also, it could also be like custodial abduction. This is true or family members, right? So the third thing is express kidnapping, okay? And I don't know if you, you guys probably are like, well, what's an express kidnapping? It's sort of like where you get into an Uber or a taxi and um, you think that you're gonna get a ride to your destination, but instead they take you to the AT- ATM Usually they have a weapon and they tell you withdraw everything that you have access to and as soon as you empty out your bank accounts and give it to the perpetrator, you are oftentimes um, released at that point. Hence this, hence it being called an express kidnapping. Now it's so just to talk about Carly here for a minute. I just want to say at first I was like, "Ooh, maybe this was an express kidnapping. But the thing is, if it was an express kidnapping, they definitely would have taken a Mercedes. That wouldn't have been left. They would have there would have been another person that would have taken, you know, there would have been a carjacking with the um, with the kidnapping. Um, so I just want to say so you have to watch out for that. Now, this is so crazy. I'm going to share some personal stuff with you. This is insane, virtual kidnapping. How many of you have heard of it? Virtual kidnapping, how many have heard of it? I bet a lot more people here are victim to virtual kidnapping than um, many people are even aware of. A virtual kidnapping is essentially a credit card scam. They either contact you for from your phone or they send you like a text message or they send you an email and it's where a story is fabricated and it's like they'll call up and they will tell you that a one of your family members was in an accident and they are now at a medical facility attempting to receive treatment for their injuries and they just need a credit card on file now what's insane is that i actually was researching all of the different types of kidnappings here right and at the same time this literally played out in my life over this last weekend it happened to my mom okay so my mom's older right i'm 47 okay you guys so my mom's older and this is very easy to target the older demographics um and she was so upset she had a very hard time communicating to anybody in the family what had happened Okay, which basically was somebody called her up and said that my nephew was in a terrible car accident and they needed her credit card in order to tow his car. Right? It's kind of crazy, right? So um so it took a moment for my mom to like relax down and for her to understand that this wasn't real and that this isn't fake. Now, welcome to the age of AI where we are going to see more scams. So here, let me just give you a hot tip right now for you and your loved ones, please make up a word that will prove identity because you can literally use AI voice generators to replicate your voice off of a computer and then call somebody and you suddenly think everything that you're talking to you suddenly think it's you okay I have to deal with this actually on my primary account which is Kamala Hurley on TikTok I have like over three pages of fake accounts And now one woman actually did purchase a reading from me. And then she said, I continued to ask for payment. And I'm like, you weren't talking to me. There's so many like fake accounts out there pretending to be me. So just understand, I will never do. The only way you get a reading with me is if you go to my website, camelahurley.com. Please watch how you spell my name, okay? And there's fake accounts even for True Crime Medium, which is my second account so um look at oh my god see right here somebody cloned my phone number messaged my mom and asked for 800 pounds last week i'm so sorry to hear about that i'm so sorry so i want you to understand that's considered a virtual kidnapping so that's why here's the hot tip come up with a code word that only you and your loved ones know to prove your identity just one word whatever you want it to be but make sure you say that away from digital devices, like out in the woods, okay? Or, you know, like standing in the sprinklers that are on, okay, just so you understand. So virtual kidnapping is the fourth most common type of kidnapping. Then we have psychological kidnapping, okay? I'm I'm so happy for you guys to be taking the tips in. I love it, what's up, Marie? So I just wanna say psychological kidnapping, is essentially brainwashing. This is like uh, cults. So (laughs) we watch out for cults, right? If they start to brainwash you, that is actually considered psychological kidnapping. Who knew, who knew, like we could actually say that cults could be a type of psychological kidnapping. So just be aware if people start to manipulate, manipulate you in order for you to just pay them more money. Okay. Uh uh interesting. I think that could be a whole separate that could be an entirely separate like uh <laughs> podcast, okay? Okay, here's another type of of kidnapping. And this one is sort of like it's kind of like on the edge of is it kidnapping or is it just straight up scam? But it is a romance scam. So, you know, when um, uh, actually I'll tell you one of my clients, like she is literally one of the most beautiful giving souls, fell in love with someone that claimed to be a uh, a prince in a foreign country, okay? And uh, that he was living in France. And basically he said, I got into a situation where I need 10,000 euros as soon as possible. And she had fallen in love with him, even though they had never met. And I just have to say, what do you think happened? I know, here I am, I'm taking it like, <sighs> <sighs> she went to the bank, she took out a loan, and she cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency blockchain currency, she sent him 10,000 euros. Now, mind you, she actually is a teacher and that's not exactly something that a she will ever get back yeah and two um uh you know like the shame around that yeah he took the money and ran he took the money and ran so he he it, that's it sells so romance scams we understand this is a terrible thing she's a beautiful soul she's going to make it through this and she's learning more about herself along the way And um, so I just have to say that she's not the only person that this has happened to, all right? Um, Just to talk, like I've actually, you guys know, I have posted on my true crime account that one of my, I have another client who thought he was talking to me for a year and he also paid over $10,000 to fake accounts. Again, that's like a virtual kidnapping where they are pretending to be me. It makes me literally sick to share that with you um so watch out for that okay we also have um letter scams these are these are sort of where people attempt to kidnap your resources and your time by sending you those emails that are so um annoying so just be mindful I consider this a type of like virtual kidnapping as well most of us are aware like don't click the link Right? Don't click the link when you get random stuff that's sent to your email. That one's I feel is like pretty self ex- explanatory. Now, piracy kidnapping is where literally pirates will command commandeer like your boat and kidnap you. So that's like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, number eight on our list of the nine ways in which off uh, the most prominent kidnappings occur so like I would recommend and actually you know it's interesting I have friends that are sailors people who like sailboats and yachts around the world I need to be better friends with them because I don't get enough I don't actually get free rides from them but I just want to say that um if you want okay oftentimes if you have a a sailboat or a yacht that can actually um, take on oceans, right? Where you can actually do transatlantic crossings and things like that. You do have to have insurance. Okay. Look at how practical the world of sailing is. Insurance companies will not insure you to actually sail your yacht along the coast of Yemen or other places like Somalia, uh, Yemen, certain areas of the Philippines, Malaysia, the Gulf of Guinea because there are so many kidnappings that happen there. So if you have a yacht, I advise you as well as your insurance company to not go there because pirate kidnapping is real, which brings us to number nine on the list of the different types of kidnappings that there are, which is militant groups that have ideological as well as political motivation. So understand, I watched a movie where there was the Ritz Carlton in India And it was overtaken by terrorists and those terrorists uh, kidnapped all of the people inside the Ritz Carlton in India, because of ideological views right, they were uh, militant. uh, They were a militant religious group that overtook that hotel, and this is something we've seen in the news frequently as well, so. Um, So I want you to understand that the history of kidnapping is actually quite old. How old do you think the history of kidnapping is, if you were to just sort of guess? Um, I have to say that kidnapping goes back to Greek mythology. Uh, Many of the earliest recorded cases of kidnapping actually go back to ancient times. Okay. And so like in Greek mythology, the story of the abduction of uh Persephone sorry if I said her name wrong by Hades is a well-known example of kidnapping uh then we have in the 17th century more of the infamous pirates that were known to kidnap sailors and hold them for ransom or would just straight up sell those sailors for slavery so that was in the 17th century and then here's a little tidbit I don't know if you're aware of but I want you to know that during the Civil American Civil War that Confederate soldiers were known to kidnap Union soldiers and then hold those civilians for ransom. So um, So one of the things that I thought would be interesting were to just to sit here and just talk about um, the uh, some of the most high profile kidnapping in the most like more ro- modern times. And um, one of the cases that I wanted to just start with is actually Charles Lindenberg. He was the actual—he was the son of the famous case. Um, okay, he was the son of the famous aviator Charles Lindenberg. Okay, so if you guys know Charles Lindenberg, that makes me think of the blimp, right? But he was a very famous like aviator, and so his son ended up having his son okay taken from the crib in his, the family's new jersey home the kidnappers and this was 1932 okay 1932 and look at people are sharing romance scams that are happening here um wow i'm so sorry to hear about that uh so sorry about that we're we're just honoring that it's learning lessons through all of this okay so in 1932 the lindenberg baby napping Okay, so Charles Lindenberg Jr., his son was taken from the crib in the family's New Jersey home. And then the kidnappers demanded a ransom of $50,000, which was eventually paid. But the tragic thing is that the child was still found unalived. Okay, have to use those words because I'm live on TikTok. Um, so another, another very famous case, um, another famous case was Patty Hearst. Okay. I'm, I'm just looking for all my notes here. Okay. So another, another famous case was actually before we do this, hold on, let me just share with you about the Lindenberg baby napping. Sorry to just jump around. It's just, <laughs> I'm just hanging out here. So I want you to understand. So unfortunately that child was found unalived several months later which is tragic and i feel like i could probably just do a retelling of the Lindenberg baby napping that happened in 1932 but the important piece that came out of that case is the fact that it led to a federal kidnapping act so it made kidnapping a federal offense in the united states so as a result of, of the tragedy of that 20-month-old son who was abducted and found unalived, it created law that it was illegal to kidnap. So that's actually called the Federal Kidnapping Act. I'll let you know as, as far as it went with uh, Carly, the, the federal agents were involved. Uh, if you guys were aware or not, I saw that they said they had, they had state and federal resources looking for her. Okay? So then in 1974 we have patty Hearst. okay patty hurst was the granddaughter of the publishing of the publisher Wild, william randolph hearst okay and she was abducted by a radical group called sla um i don't even know if the liberation army the the simbanese liberation army army even exists but i'm going to share with you just a little bit more about that let me just scroll in my notes so So she was kidnapped February 4th, 1974. Okay, and the SLA was a small armed leftist organization that sought to overthrow the government and establish new social order in 1974. During her captivity, Patty went through a dramatic transformation initially she was placed in a closet there's actually a really good movie about this too i can't remember the title of it but she was placed in a closet where she was subjected to physical and psychological abuse and over time she began to identify with her captors and eventually joined the sla adopting even a different name she went from patty to tanya so patty we'll just keep her name as patty hurst okay she actually went on to do criminal activities with a group like bank robberies all right yes exactly so you know where i'm going with this that's right so this so so um so this kidnapping gained national attention okay right the hearst family distributed millions of dollars in food to the poor because that's actually what her captors demanded. All right. But then due to the radical nature of the uh, of her captors and the criminal activities that Patty started to become involved with, the public opinion clearly shifted. OK, so then after a year on the run, Patty, along with the SLA members were captured by authorities in September 1975. OK, is it the movie called Gorilla? There's another one that's more. There was one that was just released a couple of years ago. I don't think that's the name of it. But if anybody else wants to share so there's one movie about it there's a lot of movies that have been made about Patty Hearst. So then she was arrested and charged with participating in bank robberies and then during her trial. Her Defense team argued that she had been coerced and that she suffered from Stockholm syndrome, which is a psychological phenomenon where hostages hostages develop empathy for their captors. But if you, I think our understanding of trauma is very different from the 70s, right? Because we understand that there's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Fawn is where we move into the energy of people-pleasing. And it to me, it kind of, maybe in a very hyperbolic way, includes Stockholm syndrome, okay? Where you suddenly, like, I understand why they had to treat me this way. I understand they had to keep me in a closet, right? So um so Patty was found guilty she was sentenced to prison and then her sentence was actually commuted by President Jimmy Carter after she served two years she eventually was fully pardoned by President Bill Clinton in 2001. so the Patty Hearst kidnapping remains very like Captivating and controversial case because it really raises questions about the nature of captivity and the psychological effects on victims, okay, as well as the boundaries of personal responsibility. Now, the thing is interesting is that some people in the comments for Carly Russell, when I published that video, um, just I think it was yesterday, uh, said this is not how human trafficking works, right. And uh, they don't just kidnap people. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, it is a technique that has been used for human trafficking. Okay. You see, you see it in the movie, The Sound of Freedom. There's many other examples. But I will say, in defense of that comment that was made, okay, um, in, in the comment that was made, I want to say, I want to acknowledge she is like 90% correct. 90% correct. Most human trafficking, uh they abduct through um sorry, hold on, let me let me see here really quick. Let me look at my notes really quick. So, most of the sex traffic, okay, traffic and um human trafficking abduction, it involves grooming. Okay? You know? So, so oftentimes victims are not snatched off the streets they are groomed by like um lover boy um like they it's actually it's like they actually have a type where it's like a a romeo captor um or like a romeo pimp where they pretend to be a boyfriend i'll take care of you and then they they maybe they go out for one extravagant night and they say you know what i'm going to do this to you forever but they slowly groom these these individuals there's actually four or five phases that um, someone being groomed for human trafficking will go through. And um, that would that, that will be a different subject altogether. So, um, so there's plenty of information out there. So I always encourage you, like I said at the start, if anything sounds interesting or questionable and you think, ah, it doesn't sound quite right, always do your own research. Because Lord knows I get busy and maybe I miss things. And I also want this to be conversational. I'm not here to be like I'm right just just we remind people um but i want you to understand is that um that also 68 percent of human trafficking abductors are usually targeted with their socioeconomic vulnerability okay so i just want to say um i just want to say uh that this is something we could say that this to me is kind of that kind of conditioning sounds like almost like stockholm syndrome okay so just i just wanted to share with you that uh, that high profile abduction cases high profile kidnapping cases really are um complex and we don't really understand everything that happened to carly we don't understand was it a mental health breakdown was it were there other circumstances that were involved All I can say is that um, we are happy that she made it home. I'm sure she's getting the support and love from her family that she needs right now um, and that prayers are certainly with her. Um, So then I'm just gonna share with you a couple other cases that I thought were important to understanding, um, to understanding like uh, the history of kidnapping. So there is a a child named Etan Pats, who disappeared in 1979, it was a six-year-old that vanished while walking to a school bus in New York City. This case also received extensive media coverage and became a catalyst for change in how missing child missing children cases were handled, including the introduction of National Missing Children's Day in the United States. Thank you. So that disappearance of this of that six-year-old, actually, I'll let you know uh w- remained unsolved for decades until finally a conviction happened in 2017 so i so even though some individuals are kidnapped there is the the pursuit of justice never ends right so so a child that was disappeared in 1979 it wasn't until 2017 that justice okay, prevailed. So I just also wanna share with you for a lot of people, I have a lot of people here who connect with me because they are dealing with the emotional turmoil of knowing somebody that was a victim of a crime. So I just want you to have hope as you listen to not give up, okay? The, yeah, so don't give up. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, In 2002, Elizabeth Smart was kidnapped, okay? She was 14 years old. She was kidnapped from her home in Salt Lake City, okay? Um, And she was actually held captive for nine months and she also endured physical and psychological abuse. This case was also widespread and shed light on the issue of child abduction as well as recovery okay um so i do believe that that her case was resolved and that there were two individuals that were um charged with that kidnapping um i also want to say that in um 1991 sorry walking back in time just a little bit before 2002 was jc dugard and that abduction was of an 11 year old who was kidnapped from a bus stop in south lake tahoe okay california okay and she was actually held for 18 years during which that time she was subjected to physical and emotional abuse she was eventually found in 2009 and then reunited with her family bringing national attention to the issue of long-term abductions and the failure of the parole system so understand that these are some of the most notorious kidnapping cases in history. They capture public attention and they definitely leave a lasting impact on society. Okay, so jumping back into the Carly Russell kidnapping that occurred, okay, because we haven't been told that we should change the language on it, okay. There's also another very famous case that was brought to my attention. And um, and this is the vanishing act of Sherry Papini Uh, so I just want you to understand that she was a mother to three children. She was married and, um, I'm trying to get the date here. So hold on really quick. I, I just want you to know September 30th. Wait, hold on. Oh, it was November. She went missing November 2nd in 2016. So she went out for a jog in her Reading neighborhood. There was a massive search for her. Okay. Nationwide attention. Okay. And her husband, Keith Papini, like, yeah, was part of the endeavors to try and find his wife. And he would say he would plead with the public to try and help his wife who went missing while running and said, it's excruciating, um, and he, he, about like how he's consumed with expecting to receive a phone call or for having his wife walk through the front door. So in the case of, um, of, Of in her case, I just want to say that there was a reward of nearly $50,000. Okay. So on November 24th, okay, which was I think three weeks later, okay, on Thanksgiving Day, she was found on a highway, okay, 146 miles away from the town that she lived, which was Redding, California. She sustained multiple injuries on her body, including she was branded on her shoulder with a Bible verse. And so her husband reported to ABC news, okay, that the bruises were intense and that they also had cut off all of her hair. I was just, I mean, Keith, the poor guy is traumatized. Okay. She went on to, she reluctantly, she actually sort of refused to talk from what I understand. She actually like refused to talk to investigators for almost a year. The only thing that she said is that there were two women. There was an older woman and a younger woman and that they were Hispanic and they spoke a lot of Spanish. Okay, so, uh, so just so you understand, her her husband actually sat in with her while she did these interviews with the police. And he also asked questions about what happened because she wasn't opening up to him either. So then detectives ended up returning for a second interview, okay, with Sherry. And just saying that like, um, yeah, she, she did a second interview and she's like in that interview, she actually says, I don't know if you're in my corner, I don't know you guys, I know my husband, I know my husband's in my corner. So she had a really sketchy story about like what actually happened to her. And remember, there was nationwide panic over what had happened to her. Okay. Um. Yeah, and we have we have members of the the co fan co founder of the Northern Hispanic Latino Coalition told ABC News the hunt for suspects really rattled the Redding Latino community, right? Um, I one year after she had been a, a. after she decided to start speaking to investigators, she actually gave them like a description of what the two women look like. And then um, Latino women were fearful because the sketches were so generic. They were from what the coalition director said that, they were, that many Latina women in Reading were fearful that they might look like the people in the sketch. So, so everything is sketchy with Sherry's story. Okay, so like the former Shasta County Sheriff's Department Captain, Deputy Captain went on to tell media outlets, okay, that they noticed red flags in the story. Something just didn't hit the gut, their intuition, something fell off. So, she actually would come up with many different exp- explanations on as to how or why she was branded by, branded by her abductors. So eventually, they decided to collect her clothing and test it for biological material. Okay, that those the biological material determined that there was DNA that belonged to a male that uh, that actually wasn't in the criminal database. There were no positive hits. So then they started to search her phone records and discovered that in the days prior to her abduction that sherry was actually in touch with several men police also began to question her friends and an ex-husband who started to share that she had a tendency to lie and run away So specifically, one of her friends named Asia Coleman told the Shasta County Sheriff's Department during an interview is that that's how she actually deals with things as a child when things got hard, she would run away. Okay, so there were also infidelity issues in her background that even her husband told her about. Sorry, hold on, let me just grab a sip. (laughs) There we are. So I just want to say um just blocking somebody. Hold on. Super good. Super cool. So I just want to say that like the the holes in her story started to unravel. Okay? Um so so then um so then another friend uh, said that, she, that Sherry had been lying about abuse from her husband and said that I think she's just trying to get away from her husband. Okay. So just understand that like the truth is out. Somebody often knows the truth. And uh, sometimes it's hard for people to step forward in integrity and offer their their questions or their impressions right because uh, that's that's a a heavy load to carry so i could understand that she's she was probably just thinking oh maybe i'm just being suspicious whatever like this is wild but what happened is in august of 2020 okay they told her with another interrogation yeah the truth we always want the truth to come out right so in august of 2020 the police actually questioned sherry again with her husband by her side and told her that they matched the DNA to a previous uh, like boyfriend okay and the story gets even more wild at first she deflected saying deflected and said that yeah she didn't flirt with men there was no infidelity she stuck to the story of two women had abducted her and she's like um and then eventually she broke down and said I don't understand there's no way that um, this is connected to James, who is a previous boyfriend because he loves me. Well, her husband, okay, at that point, shocked by the revelations that the police are bringing forward, stands up and walks out of the interrogation room. And he's told investigators that I'm the idiot husband who stayed around the entire time. I actually don't think that he should berate himself that way, but clearly he was frustrated. He eventually filed for divorce shortly after that so in march sherry of 20 i think of 2022 i will have to double check that date well let me just go back let me see let me see oh maybe it's in 2020 i'll have to double check the date but i just want you to know in march sherry was arrested and charged with making false statements and mail fraud uh prosecutors said that sherry's hoax uh actually caused yeah she doesn't sound stable i agree So her hoax, her kidnapping hoax actually cost taxpayers more than $300,000 in wasted resources, okay, including money that she collected from the California Victims Compensation Board, as well as Social Security Disability Income. So the news sent shockwaves through Reading. Okay. Everybody was like blown away. It felt like a a slap in the face, and everybody felt like it that they were mocked. Okay. So, um, so the tragic thing is, is that where, where was Sherry? Sherry actually went to her, um, to a, a previous boyfriend's house. Okay. So, um, so, the boyfriend that she had eventually revealed that, um, that he rent a car, pick her up, okay? He actually tra- traveled, he drove nine hours with her to Costa Mesa, and she stayed at his apartment for weeks. Okay, and that she actually inflicted the bruises, the cuts, and even the burn on her bar on her body were mostly self inflicted, and that she also she also asked the boyfriend to please hurt her, of which he there, the article I have here um doesn't state if he com- complied or not, but, uh, but he he recounted to investigators how Sherry also asked him to please brand her with that biblical verse. Okay. And then his response was, uh, this is probably going to hurt. I mean, I've never done this. And so, um, I'll let you decide if he did it or not. Okay. Cause that's all I have. (laughs) Okay. Um, so anyhow, what happened to Sherry after three weeks of living with a boyfriend, it's Thanksgiving. And then Sherry turns to her boyfriend and says, you know what? I miss the kids and I want to go home. And that's how she reappeared. So what a story. Okay, definitely a tragic one. Um, So yeah, so whether abduction is actually something like to me, when I see all of this, obviously, this is somebody who needs therapy. Okay, I feel like Yeah, Um, I I just I mean, I, I'm not a medical professional, I can't diagnose I don't offer treatment plans. These are just my opinions and speculation. But this doesn't sound healthy to me. This is not healthy. And that's where we don't always understand the circumstances of every case. And with even me being a psychic medium with a 100 pound great Dane who wants me to let her out right now, <laughs> I just want you to understand that all I do is ask questions, and that asking questions is what leads to breaks in cases and what leads to the truth finally being told. So I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time to listen to this Um, and to be aware of your surroundings, I think is very important. So always be mindful that you don't put yourself into, and I'm going to let her out really quick, which to be honest with you, we got through most of the podcast here. There we are. That right there is a big deal. Normally I have to do it right as I start, right? So I just want you to understand, though, that wherever you're at, be hyper vigilant, don't don't make a risk um, and understand that we are so happy with what happened to Carly um, to Carly Russell, because it triggered nationwide attention and collectively, when we come together, we can th- you know, it's like a group think tank where we can ask questions and um, and like I, I like to say that um that's all I do is I ask questions. And um so with that being said, thank you for listening to my very first podcast. <laughs> this has been a phenomenal experience. Thanks for the 100 people or or even more that have been with me throughout this entire time and for the the support and love that I'm getting from from you guys. Um it has this hasn't been so easy for me, I'll be honest with you. Um if this is your first time even hearing of me, maybe because you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, um, I just wanna share very quickly about myself that this um, that my second mediumship reading was a, a man that was unalived um, in a very traumatic way. So my actual second mediumship reading ever was a crime case. And um, ever since I realized I could do medium work, the crime cases have been nonstop. I do a lot of work that's oftentimes not on social media. I do it behind the scenes. I do have a uh, true crime form, whether it is in something that occurred to you or if it's something like a cold case in your community or a nationwide case that you're interested in. I just want you to know I have like I have like over 500 people on that actual um, that actual i have like 500 people waiting for me to do psychic mediumship and i just have to say that yeah that i just i i don't get paid for this i just do it because the truth is important i guess because i'm a libra or i don't know it's something to do with the fact that i do mediumship on on these cases frequently but ultimately the goal is to help all of us even myself to heal um because um the the wrongs that are done against one person feels like an injustice done against all of us and if i'm only going to be here for you know let's say 100 years let's just knock on wood on that i make it to be a centurion the legacy i want to leave behind is um one in which greater equality exists in the world and that um women are greater are have greater protection because I, I believe a lot of times with circumstances that domestic violence and women that have been in violent situations that just particularly um, connects to my heart. So, um, so I love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out here. And I will be with you on the very next podcast. See you soon.